the British Wrestling Experience with Martin, Ollie, and Benno. Episode 11 of the British Wrestling Experience on ProsWrestling.com. I'm your host Martin Bushby and joining me are Ollie Court and Benno, the uh, three amigos back together. And how's it going boys? I mean Benno, UFC at your hometown of Liverpool this past weekend. Uh, hometown, hometown boy Darren Till headlining. Uh, sounds like it's been quite the weekend for you up there. Yeah, it's been a fun weekend. It's coming on a weekend where Liverpool lost the Champions League final, which personally I was quite glad about, but it was a big weekend for the city. Um, yeah, UFC was great. It was uh, the first UFC I've ever been to live. Uh, it was a fight night sh- show, so uh, I wouldn't say there was a lot of star power. The fact that Dana White came over was kind of... I went to the, the away-ins and the open workouts, and he was the biggest star there, um, obviously apart from Darren Till. Uh, but yeah, it was really fun. It was kind of cool to see, um, to get to see how they, they set up. Not a million miles away. I was kind of uh, observing the media bit and thinking, ah, I can see where WXW take the influence from a little <laughs> bit. A few uh, production things as well that you can uh, you can see there as well that are similar. Uh, but yeah, all in all, yeah, it was a f- fun weekend. I think, like I say, I think uh, there was a Molly McCown was on the undercard and she lost and Liverpool had lost the day before. So it was cool to get to be there to see uh, Darren Till, the, uh, the local lad, uh, supposedly win his fight against uh, Stephen Thompson. But I don't know. Being in that building, I don't think he could convince anybody in there that, it, that he'd lost. It was a judge's decision. But I was kind of sitting there thinking, I'm not so sure. And I've seen reports since pretty much anybody who watched it at home wasn't so sure he'd won the fight. Um, but hey, it made for a great atmosphere. And he came out to a sweet Caroline, which was, I don't think I've been at a wrestling show that's uh, gotten that loud, at least not in the arena show. Uh, people singing in the streets after. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll forget that it was a bit of a, a controversial uh, result uh, because, yeah, it certainly made for a really memorable night. And, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun being there, if uh, expensive fun. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some other ticket prices later in the show, but I paid £125 wow. to, uh, to sit where I sat and I was quite far back and I was just thinking, I think Dana White did an interview and said that it was the biggest gate in Echo Arena history. And I was thinking, yep, I can understand why. So uh, maybe I won't complain too much about uh, wrestling pricing going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in, that's insane because, I mean, obviously concert ticket prices are, are, are quite often in the news recently, aren't they? Because um, especially the Arctic Monkeys announced a, a tour the other month and uh, people were going crazy about how expensive the ticket prices were. But I don't think any they were they weren't reaching £120. So it's interesting no. to they, say they, they were sat right at the back and they were £120. Exactly. Yeah, they weren't even the good seats, and there were people probably a couple of rows in front of me that were two hundred and up, five hundred on the floor. Yeah, they certainly made their money. Um, but yeah, it was worth it for the occasion. I'm glad I went. Uh, got to got to see some of the stars. We didn't see Conor McGregor around. I believe he, he, there was rumours he was supposed to be in Liverpool meeting with Dana White. I was going to a a wedding right after the event uh, at the Hilton where he usually stayed. Last time he came to Liverpool, I think he took over a floor of the Hilton for a week um, and was showing up at random house parties and sketchy areas of Liverpool, so a bit sad that I didn't bump into Conor McGregor, but uh, still had fun. Yeah, that would have been funny if it had gate crashed this wedding that you went to. <laughs> I can just imagine the headlines. <laughs> um, Ollie, I've, I've not really watched UFC since Tito Ortiz and uh, Chuck Liddell were around. Uh, did you watch the event this weekend, or are you a fan of UFC? Ooh, I've kind of fallen off on the UFC uh, a little bit. 
uh, really more into the wrestling, but and also a bit of like uh, JMMA and stuff, but never really uh, much, you know, <laughs> the mainstream UFC. Um, <laughs> I'm more of a Pancras guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I thought that uh, Till, you know, being the sort of, like, British guy, there'd be a lot more sort of, like, buzz around him. I'm sure there was in Liverpool, but yeah. I didn't really hear anybody around around the rest of the UK. It seemed very Liverpudlian. <laughs> yeah, it kind of, it got some coverage, and I think it'll, it'll look good in video recaps going back and stuff. I think he, some of the buzz was hurt by the fact that he came in so overweight as well. Like, I was so hyped at the start of the weekend, and then when he weighed in three and a half pounds over, it kind of just took some of the, mm. the buzz away from, from the weekend. Uh, there was definitely a point where it didn't look like the fight was even going to happen um but yeah i mean the liverpool's uh it's been an emma it's a bit of an mma city we've had a lot of smaller events uh paddy the baddie's got a big uh, show coming up soon as well so hopefully at least help in a in a local sense um and yeah it'd be cool if uh, if darren till could uh, they sold out the echo arena very quickly even at those prices so i don't think a, a stadium's completely out of the question but it'll depend on yeah if he can make weight and if he uh, gets any other big fights coming up like last word on ufc did they have much stuff going on in the city center i noticed that you had a, a picture outside of a ufc sign mm-hmm. next to a next to a ferris wheel not really not other than the, the ufc uh organized stuff to be honest the city had been taken over by the obviously the champions league oh, final yeah. uh, happening as well so there was a lot going on in the city that weekend a uh, couple of big festivals happening too so yeah not a huge amount but uh yeah ufc certainly put on a big weekend and again i think uh the fact that they, they do the weigh-ins the open workouts making a, a weekend of it is something maybe you could take across to to you know to wrestling aside from your big wrestlemania weekends etc uh there may be some some lessons to learn in there because it, it certainly helped and uh, and piqued my interest and, and like I say made a, a big weekend out of it so yeah all in all a lot of fun um, but yeah I guess we'll uh, we'll see if they come back anytime soon yeah exactly it'd be good if they started if Till does become a, a bigger and bigger star and they started having events all over the UK rather than just sort of like uh, London and then this is the first time they've been to Liverpool isn't it yeah, usually they do Manchester, which is a little bit bigger. So I think the bigger shows are going to Manchester are still going to get them. Um, but yeah, there's always they could always uh, set up a bit of a, a hub over here. There's certainly the fan base for it, um, and it seems to be getting bigger and bigger. Uh, a lot of boxing fans transferring over that type of thing. So yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll see what they do. Indeed. And uh, moving on to uh, what we're here to talk about now is uh, wrestling. I mean, um, obviously, UK, European wrestling, tons of stuff has happened. And uh, on the last show, we noted that there were so many big events at at the start of May uh, around European wrestling. It was impossible to cover them all in one show. And uh, one that we missed last time was uh, OTT Scrappermania 4, which was held on the 12th of May at the National Stadium in Dublin. And Scrappermania has really become one of the biggest shows of uh, the Irish promotions calendar, and uh, this show was absolutely stacked to the gills with a lot of uh, homegrown Irish talent and imports from all over the world. And and I mean, the main match that stuck out to me was the uh, was the main event itself, which was Jordan Devlin taking on Zack Saber Jr. And I mean, Jordan Devlin's been on an incredible streak in his home promotion. He's been having fantastic matches in 2017, and then. That all led up to him winning the OTT World title at the end of the year. And what I really liked about this match against Sabre Jr., they had a great story leading into it. Uh, Both started wrestling as teenagers, even crossing paths when they were 14 and 16. And uh, both trained at Hammerlock in the UK and Ireland, respectively, and both gone on to big things in the world of wrestling. Obviously, Sabre Jr. headlining in Japan and Devlin being a huge part of the WWE UK, and they had a 
an amazing video package to open this. They even had Finn Balor backstage at SmackDown, it seemed, giving his uh, reports on what he thought about Finn Balor, uh, what he thought about Devlin and Sabre Jr. And I really enjoyed this match. It was great that they opened up trying to outdo each other with Matt wrestling before they really turned it up a notch. For a final stretch and Devlin finally hitting his muscle bust the victory, uh, for the victory rather. Uh, what are your thoughts on this match, Ollie? Yeah, I thought they sold that story really, really well. And that was sort of the key to the success of the match. Um, they hammered home that, that Hammerlock's uh, connection between the two of them with that Matt wrestling, with the style of match that they worked. And also, you know, beautifully put over Devlin's you know, world champion ace character um, that they got going on. He really feels like the main man now in OTT and this match put him over the top, um, quite literally, <laughs> um, as the pinnacle of the promotion. Um, in the way he beat Sabre Jr., sort of outlasting him, going for everything Sabre Jr. threw at him. You know, he came across like a tough, <laughs> tough bastard here. Um and so that was really, really well done. Um, so not only was it just a good match in isolation, they did hammer home that story really, really well. Very good video package to build it up, as he said. Um, and Devlin just feels like the real deal right now. He feels like maybe one of the biggest stars in European wrestling. Maybe him and Dragunov are just on that like tippy-top level um, because of the, the aura that they've created with their home promotion. Yeah, I thought they took a, told her a really good story here with all that history. I think that's that was like Holly said there. That was the benefit of it. I mean, you both mentioned the the video package before, and it's just those little touches just made the match feel so good. You know, showing them entering the building at the at the start of the show and mm. Black Saber cutting a promo, and that promo video including, as you said, Martin including the both a Balor interview and New Japan footage, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> the OTT can make both of those uh, things happen, but yeah, it highlighted how big a deal it was, as you both said, and it also highlighted you know the issue. With, uh, with Jordan Devlin's thumb, which kind of became the focal point of the match, you know, yeah. right from the beginning. It was a lot of Zack Sabre Jr. kept going for, uh, for the hand of Devlin, and it just made you think at any point he'd be able to grab a submission. And I, I also, I mean, I love the touch of it affecting Devlin's offense as well and, and hitting what he was able to do in the match. It was, it kind of just made for a really good dynamic between the two, and you got to see. Zack Sabre Jr. just being really, really mean, uh, which is kind of his strength at the moment. That Suzuki Goon influences. You can definitely see it in his game. He's uh, he's always been, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world. But that side of him, you see a lot more. And he kind of leans into the heel side here, which you've got to, as you both said. Devlin's such a, a huge star in Iron Island. Now it, it really made the match work and made Devlin's comebacks uh, work as well. And I just, yeah. I love the way they work the match and I just thought these are two of the best wrestlers in the world at the moment. I kind of, if I was an OTT fan, I'd be a little bit worried about uh, Devlin's future, whether, you know, if he's taking a WWE contract, where does that leave him with OTT? Um, going into this, I was partly thinking maybe I could see uh, a big Zack Sabre Jr. win and they, they think they played that into the story here there with uh, Devlin getting the win against the run of play. But yeah, there'll be a, mm. he's having a great world title run and it'll be interesting to see yeah. uh, where they go from here with him. Selfishly, I really want to see Devlin stick around for a bit longer um, mm. because they are doing this big world title run so well and I think like from an aesthetic point of view and probably from a business point of view as well it's really really good for a TT so if they had to cut it short for whatever reason if Devlin had to go off somewhere else 
that would be a real shame. So <laughs> I think what they've got going right now is starting to become quite special. So I, I'd hate for it to end without the whole story being played out. And also added to that, I know Devlin's uh, appeared in the UK a number of times, but he's really hitting his stride over here now, isn't he? You know, he really got over uh, on Super Strong Style Weekend in progress, and he seems to be appearing a lot more for a pro, so it'd be a shame if we didn't get more of him in those two promotions as well as continuing this OTT thing. But moving back uh, to the Sabre Jr. match, do you, uh, Ollie, do you think this is one and done between him and Sabre Jr., or do you think they'll build up to a, a rematch at another big show? Mm. I, I always think Sabre Jr. can pop in basically wherever he wants as long as he's not on a New Japan tour. Um, <laughs> so I think they could certainly do that, but I think ZSJ's role here was to put Devlin over using the NWA connection. He did that perfectly. Um so it'll pretty much be seeing who challenges him next. I don't think this is going to be any sort of feud, but I could always see him coming back for more. I think if this run does get the length of time it deserves, um, he could return as a challenger again. Yeah. And uh, speaking of New Japan guys, uh, Will Ospreay was uh, back in OTT to take on Matt Riddle, and obviously these two are no strangers to each other. They faced off... <laughs> Uh, way back in 2016 as Matt Riddle's debut for Progress and then they had an even better match at this year's WWN Super Show in New Orleans and uh, this outing was no different. I mean, Osprey and Riddle have great matches no matter who their opponent is but there's just something about these two that uh, when they get together it, it just seems to gel so well, Benno. It's magic, isn't it? This is just one of my favourite combinations in wrestling. Uh, same, I love their previous two matches, uh, that sprint in progress, and like you say, the, the great one in WWN as well. I think OTT was smart putting this on YouTube as well, because mm-hmm. the, there isn't you know, a, a better advert for, the, you got to see the uh, the atmosphere uh, that you'd, you'd get with OTT, and just, yeah, one of the best possible matchup in, re- in wrestling, I kind of thought. This one felt to me like uh, maybe the best example of the three of like first class modern dynamic wrestling. It was very much a, a style battle where they kind of go back and forth, but stick into their you know their respective styles. I think uh, there was definitely some intricacy though. I mean, Osprey kind of early in the match no selling riddles jamming but later in the match those neck issues start to creep into play i love that little hint of uh, subtlety in there as well um with osprey kind of he's really good at that stuff even when it comes to the strike exchanges in the match you're watching him try and go back and forth with riddle but you can see in his eyes, it's almost like even he doesn't really believe that he's going to get the best of those exchanges. It's almost like he's putting up a front uh, when he's trying to, uh, you know, trying to hit Kawada kicks to Riddle and Riddle does the same back to him and his, uh, his are 10 times as good. There's those, as well as it being a really first-class athletic match, you've got those little through lines you can follow as well. I just thought, awesome match. The incredible crowd helped as well and i maybe have it third on my list of osprey and riddle matches but that's no slight uh, they've just got incredible chemistry and it was another really really good match that yeah is free on the youtube so there's no excuse for people to uh, go and check it out yeah they've found uh, they've got a lot of traction uh, by putting it on youtube i know uh, a lot of people seem to be all over social media saying what an incredible match it was and uh, it's the first time seeing ott so certainly uh, a good job they put it up on youtube ollie yeah, definitely a great marketing move. Um, obviously, we talk about progress, putting that whole chapter show up with along with uh, Prince Devitt on mm. just before he went to WWE and how that just exploded their growth, um, like really, really sped it up. So I think OTT are trying to capture some of that 
with this move here. And obviously, it's a very dynamic match. It's just a ridiculously exciting match and some like Matrix level stuff <laughs> <laughs> happening in it. Um, like the um, the power bomb rolling through into a knee by Riddle was just like <laughs> just so fluid and brilliant. Like what excellent athletes both of these guys are. Um, so it was very super indie in that sense, and not story based like Devlin and Saber Junior was, but still a very strong match. Osprey doing the Okada wrist holding, never letting go, <laughs> was was very powerful. Yeah. Um, Shout out to the cameraman for catching that one. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe he probably whispered in his ear before. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna be doing this. <laughs> and I did think all night actually the camera work was pretty good and in progress too. Later on, we're gonna talk about that. Um, but I thought. Um, Maybe a little bit New Japan inspired, especially with the zoom in on the the wrist clutch. <laughs> um, so yeah, just a very very fun match um, on the undercard and complementing perfectly that story heavy world title match with this just ridiculous sprint. And um, also on this card, they had a, a once in a lifetime dream match uh, on Keith Lee's uh, farewell to the Indies tour. He, uh, he faced Minoru Suzuki here, and uh, this was just before the main event. So um, I mean, you can see how stacked this card was that the crowd didn't even get a breather between Suzuki and John and John Devlin taking on Zack Saber Jr. And uh, I mean, uh, Benno, what were your thoughts on this one? I thought it was uh, quite interesting seeing these two. It certainly wasn't my uh, favourite Keith Lee match on this uh, finale tour. I thought his match against Ishii at Red Pro um, the other week was uh, was better than this one. Yeah, I'd, say, I'd think I'd agree with that. I still enjoyed it, though. You've kind of got to... I suppose we have to appreciate Lee while we've got him. This I was, I didn't really think about it until after the match. I was thinking, this might be the last big Keith Lee match I get to that I'll see on the Indies, at least from from our end of the, of the world. I don't know what he's got coming up in the US. Um, but yeah, I mean, it still felt like a big event having Minoru um, Suzuki and OTT. You could tell the the crowd were well up for it, and it's uh, maybe maybe a dream match is going too far, but it was a, a match that maybe you wouldn't uh, expect to see. And yeah, both men looked like they were happy being there. Lee absolutely looked look like he loved uh, being in there with Minoru Suzuki and I, I kind of enjoyed the dynamic between the two you've got Lee, Keith Lee's got the kind of this cocky uh, charisma and Suzuki's kind of got his normal you know sly taunting style where he's trying to mess with Lee in the early stages and then he all of a sudden finds out just how big uh, this Keith Lee is it made for a, a fun dynamic if not you know a, a match of the year uh, contender uh, style match but yeah I thought it was really good and cool to just see Minoru Suzuki in this set and it's uh, always fun to see Minoru Suzuki in a new place both because he he seems to love the the reactions that he gets from uh, from western fans and also because you get lots of Instagram footage of him at hipster ca- coffee bars <laughs> doing touristy things it's uh, it's always cool to see uh, Suzuki having the, the time of his life uh, traveling around and yeah he seems to uh, enjoy this one too and um, another member of the New Japan roster making his debut for OTT was Tomohiro Ishii. He took on uh, Jeff Cobb here. What were your thoughts on this match, Ollie? Yeah, this is another really tight match. Um, again, kind of the Ishii classic. Um, a lot of very similar spots to what we've seen from Ishii before in his UK matches. Um, but yeah, I'm never going to turn it down. Like, this is the stuff that I fell in love with when I first started watching New Japan, the Ishii Wars against Shibata and Honma, etc., and Naito. And yeah, this was straight out of that playbook, and I thought Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb played his role very, very well in it. So, yeah, we've kind of seen the issue formula before, but it's always amazing when we do see it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never not love 
the mm-hmm. forearm exchanges that go on for about two minutes <laughs> and then she's selling of it afterwards um so yeah two thumbs up on this one as well like <laughs> we seem to be very positive about pretty much everything all the big matches on this show definitely yeah she's never going to be someone who, who's going to be a diva either as he's well up for for yeah. making carpeer who's an unproven new japan guy but he's quite happy to, to make him look like a million bucks here and uh, give him the uh, the usual big ishii match treatment I mean, we've uh, been talking about the big names and um, all the big matches, but um, this card was uh, really good, I thought, uh, for showcasing a lot of uh, Irish talent. I mean, OTT had some flack last year for being so reliant on imports, but they've done a, a great job building up uh, building up their homegrown talent. Obviously, Jordan Devlin is uh, the ace headlining these shows, but lower down the card, we had uh, Scotty Davis and LG Cleary on opposing teams in the opening match uh, it was uh, Scotty Davis teaming with Mark Haskins and Tyler Bates to take on David Starr, LGA Cleary and Shane Strickland. And then this turned into a three-way with Haskins, Scotty Davis and uh, Tyler Bates going for a, was it, um, a, a contract, some kind of golden contract. I was quite uh, confused about what, the, uh, what they were actually fighting for here. It seemed to be, seemed to be some kind of contract in a, in a briefcase. Was it for a title shot? I, I was a bit confused <laughs> about what it was actually for. Uh- I gotta be honest, I was confused watching it as well. It's kind of <laughs> again that, that formula of, of a six man going into, you know, another match straight after. I I think I liked that structure, that weird stiff. Um but like you said, it, it was a good spot to put LJ Cleary and Scotty Davis. You can tell mm. they're a level below the rest of the guys, but they'll continue to improve. You know, OTT are doing a really good job of bleeding them into matches like this with, you know, guys that maybe have a have a higher standard than them. So yeah, it's uh, it's good to see uh, OTT continuing to get behind those guys. Uh even if yeah, the, the match itself was a was a little bit confusing. What I like about LJ Cleary is a great cocky heel and he sort of reminds me of young Sean Waltman and then on the flip side of that you've got Scotty Davis who can do all the flips but has a great background in uh, amateur wrestling. I mean, um, if you like what you've seen so far of Scotty Davis and LJ Cleary, Ollie. Oh yeah, Scotty Davis is sort of the guy they could push into the Devlin role in a few years if Devlin moves on. Um, I could see Davis being able to be groomed as like a future race for them. Um, because he does really pop off the page already, and he's only like 18, so that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> sort of like the next Tyler Bate here, teaming with Tyler Bate. And yeah, LJ Cleary, um, so charismatic already, and has that sort of very Irish gimmick, <laughs> um, and the crazy hair. So he's he's very, um, he stands out a lot, even amongst, you know, bigger stars. Um, I was very amused by who he was teaming with, Strickland and Star, apparently burying the extra beef. Yeah, I was wondering about that. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, just a very interesting match with those two teaming and the Irish guys and the weird stipulation and the golden contract, um, but a fun way to start the show nonetheless. <laughs> And uh, more Irish talent that were were featured quite heavily on the uh, Homecoming show, which is the last uh, OTT show that we discussed um, here, was the Kings of the North, Bonesaw, Damien Corvin and and Duncan Disordley taking on uh, the all-Aussie team of Adam Brooks um, and Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. And uh, they sort of like, they've been teasing a bit of dissension between the Kings of the North. Obviously, they headlined that last show that... uh, we talked about homecoming in a, in a cage match, and um, I thought this was a, a really enjoyable match. I mean, you're always going to get a good match out of Aussie Open. I thought Adam Brooks being the the foil for uh, the Kings of the North, they literally hit him with everything but the kitchen sink, and um, I really enjoyed this match, Benil. 
Yeah, I did too. I kind of like giving the Kings of the North these new, just different worldwide trios to, to go up against. And yeah, as you mentioned, that dynamic with uh, Adam Brooks still continuing to be like his heel dick uh, persona, but being the one who's kind of, uh, he's upsetting the, you know, his team and that uh, he, he was still very much the heel teaming with two baby faces is at least what it felt like. And he, he had to be the one, there was a point where um, the Aussie Open hit the fidget spinner and he had to be the one going for the pin. And he was the one who, when they were doing body slams to their opponents, he himself got body slams. So there's a lot of character work from here. And obviously he got turned on at the end, which uh, which everybody enjoyed as well. But yeah, it made for an interesting match with some, some big moments in it and yeah uh, just a a good three men to, to put up against kings of the north and yeah i'd be interested to see uh, other uh, six round combinations you could do there with the kings of the north as well and uh, all the big matches you could put together i mean they teased a bit of dissension between them um ollie do you think they should keep the kings of the north together for a, a while longer or do you think um, any of them stand out as uh, single stars mm. yeah i wasn't too big of a fan of that uh, story it felt a bit ham-fisted um, just like a reason for them to fight, um, and then it was all sort of brushed aside when they won at the end. Um, I think the act as a whole is very, very strong though. Um, so yeah, keep it together definitely. It is a bit odd having like a trio, but other like WWE have made it work recently, um, and Progress have made it work with pretty strong style before as well. So I think you can definitely get them in singles action as well as keeping them all together as a trio. Um, and I think they were even saying like, oh, Damien Corvin is like trying to break out as a single star. So we will probably see that because they'll probably want to build up an Irish contender for Devlin at some point and do an all Irish world title match, which feels like a well-earned match, mm. not just thrown together. So I think maybe Corvin might be the one to build up to Devlin. And uh, next up for LTT, they've got um, a show called A Haven for Monsters, uh, which sees the team, you know, Walter and Loki taking on uh, Jordan Devlin and David Starr, and then also the interesting uh, triple threat match uh, between Chris Wolf, LJ Cleary, and Tyler Bate for their gender-neutral title. Uh, certainly interesting lineup here, Ben. It'll be interesting to see if Loki actually shows up. <laughs> that's it. I think he's got a couple of big bookings that weekend, so hopefully he does. Um, didn't really help WrestleMania weekend. I believe he was still he was in town for WrestleMania weekend and famously still didn't make his booking. Uh, you never know with Loki, but if you do get him, then yeah, we're we're guaranteed a a great match. It's uh, I suppose that's just the uh, the risk you take with uh, with booking him. Um, it'll certainly pay off if he shows if he shows up. But I don't know if there's any any more bridges for for Loki to to burn in wrestling. So hopefully he doesn't burn any bridges on our part of the world as well indeed uh, well they seem to have showed up for those uh, fight club pro shows last year so uh, there's, uh, there's hope yet for uh, ott <laughs> and uh, moving on to uh, progress um i mean uh, was it two weeks after super strong style uh, they held chapter 69 be here now on the 20th of may at the victoria warehouse in in manchester i mean this was Progress's biggest show in the North today, a uh, bigger venue than the usual home of uh, the Ritz. Um, mm. So, I mean, this show had a lot of flack going... Uh, sorry, this show had a lot of flack uh, thrown at it. I mean, lots of people saying they hadn't done enough to build up Jack Sexsmith challenging for the Progress title. A lot of people were slightly underwhelmed by um, some of the other matches that they announced. But, Benno, you were, you were at this one live. I mean, what were some of the highlights for you watching this one live? I think I I am a lot of people. Uh, that, <laughs> I think I shared all of those opinions. Uh, I, to be honest, I'd forgotten I'd been to the um, Victoria Warehouse before. I went to a warehouse project uh, gig there before. So once I got there, I was like, oh, yeah, this place. Uh, 
it's 25 minutes out of town, so it's not ideally placed like mm. the Ritz. But I think the building itself kind of gave me an uplift going in. I was not looking forward to the show uh, based on what they built. It just did not feel like a, this big Manchester show that they'd been claiming it was. But yeah, once I got there and got to the building, it's, it's similar. I believe Ali Pali was much improved this year. And this was the same huge bar area, loads of great sight lines. I'd actually be well up for them coming back if they can just build maybe the next big Manchester show a little bit better. Um, all in all, it, it, it turned into a maybe it was the low expectations going in. Um, we'll get into you know some of the individual matches themselves, but uh, all in all, I kind of had a, a fun time. I think that, like I say, the top venue helped, and I think the wrestlers. I think even if uh, you know I might have some misgivings about some of the creative going into this, or even a lot of the creative going into this, uh, that progress roster is so stacked that the wrestlers are always going to deliver in ring and add in the David Starr uh, Walter match and Zack Saber Mark Andrews match in the couple of weeks leading up to the event. At least gave those of us who were going there live, even if we weren't so invested in the the big storyline matches, something to, uh, to look forward to. And yeah, I definitely thought they delivered. I mean, in terms of the venue, um, you noted about Ali Pali there. Um, is it as big as that? I believe it, it's a touch smaller. Um, it's hard to... I, I did see in the Observer, it was quoted as the attendance being 1,400. I thought it was a little bit more than that. I think you could get about 2,000 in there. Uh, maybe it'd be a, a bit of a push. I think there are other rooms uh, within that complex as well that you, you could use too. So yeah, a, a big venue and I can understand why they used it. And with that, I think the next Manchester show at the Ritz has been cancelled because they're going to be in the United States. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe they use Victoria Warehouse again. And I don't think many people will complain. I mean, Ollie, I've not had a chance to uh, watch this on the VOD, but um, I noted earlier there was a lot of talk about Travis Manx taking on Jack Sexsmith. How was, how was the uh, Progress World title match? Yeah, I thought it was a fun match in isolation, but like as they've been building it up for months and months, or, or <laughs> supposedly should have been building up for months and months, <laughs> but I mean, they announced Sexsmith as the challenger a while ago. It just didn't have the kind of heat on it that like a Jordan Devlin versus Zack Sabre Jr. match did have. And I felt like, you know, if you're going to be running a supposedly big show, you know, in Victoria Warehouse, get nearly 2,000 people in, you'd build up a match with more stakes than this. Like, I did enjoy it, and I thought Sexsmith did look good in it, but just not on that kind of world title level. Um, like, a match with a match like Zack Sabre Jr. versus Mark Andrews, I thought was much more akin to that style of match, which had a lot of stakes on it just with like in isolation obviously it had no build but like the wrestlers built up as like a big deal in the ring whereas banks and sexsmith was a bit more um i guess gimmicky like i i I do enjoy sexsmith but he just isn't that kind of world title wrestler that they wanted him to be here um so it, it fell a little bit flat as one of the main matches on the show but i think without that kind of expectation going in if you just watch it and enjoy it as a match i think it definitely has something for it um they had a really good match before on the on a progress undercard at the beginning of last year so i think this went one even better than that because they had a bit more time yeah but just falling flat as a title match i think they were they were trying to tap into that weren't they that sexsmith from from last year that, yeah. I mean, if, if they had gone to this last year i think we all would have bought it a lot more it's just he's kind of spent a year you know doing odd tags yeah. with david star and, and he when, earned this title shot six months ago and has done nothing since to build up to it exactly in a multi-man match with a 
basically a load of jobbers in that Snowden Sheffield show. Um, and you're right, yeah, they haven't done anything with him really since. He's just carried on doing random tags with David Starr and I mean, been in random matches. But, I mean, I was very negative going in, but I did think that he was a lot more over in the building than I'd expected. I've always, my impression going to the Manchester shows and, and still going to the odd Camden show last year was that Sexsmith was a lot more popular down south than he was up north. But he got a really good reaction. I don't think anyone, I still don't think anyone actually bought him winning. And I think especially throwing this out there right after intermission uh, i understand why they did it it was almost like progress conceding okay yeah it's not the the big match that that we want it to be so let's put it here but it also meant that watching it you know being there live no doubt that travis banks was winning the match he was he was always gonna win it but i do think it, it still worked i think in isolation it was a it was a good match the way you know good near falls in the match even if not hugely believable near falls and i did think Saxmith brought his a game it felt like you know one of the bigger matches of his career and you know even if the build hadn't suited one of your biggest matches in your career Saxmith himself still you know acted like it was um and made it work for its placement on the card even if like i say they they may be conceded they were onto a loser putting it on so early I mean, um, we discussed on on the last show uh, the mere mention of Ilya Dragunov's name at Super Strong Style 16 <laughs> weekend had people diving out of the seats. I mean, he was actually at this show, Benno. What was the uh, atmosphere like when uh, Ilya Dragunov came out to uh, challenge Pete Dunne? There was a huge pop. Um, yeah, I don't know what it says, whether it... WXW are definitely getting a, a bit of a foothold in this country, so I think that's part of it. I think it's like... I, I, I'll always remember being a Ring of Honor fan in the mid-2000s, and they bring over uh, you know Japanese names, and there, were, there was a certain... Uh, group in the fan base who knew where they, who they were and then everyone else just kind of follows along and goes oh yeah that's a big it's a bit like what's happening with miko now where no but no not everyone in those fight club pro crowds were watching miko's matches but everyone still reacts to her like she's a big star and that's kind of happened with Ilya. people know it's a big deal even if they don't know him so yeah it was an absolutely huge pop and a, a great moment to, to to see him out there in progress still a bit weird for me that he's he's facing uh, pete dunn that it's a wxw title versus wwe uk champion situation rather than the the progress belt being involved but he'll certainly uh, inject some life into progress and it'll be a uh, it'll be great to see him uh, mix it up with some of the uh, the progress regulars i mean ollie what do you think about uh one of your favorites Ilya Dragunov uh, <laughs> facing off against pete dunn at uh, progress's uh, biggest show ever at wembley in september yeah they're selling this match really really well and i shouldn't even call it a match because they're selling it as the big money fight which i love <laughs> like the way jacoby is presenting Dragunov and the way Progress are presenting that at that new act, essentially, of Jacoby and Dragunov together. It's sort of out of canon for WXW, but it works perfectly as this sort of territory-style invader coming in and challenging, you know, a recognised top guy in Progress. Um, like, you would have done as synonymous with Progress, basically. Um, so I understand why they're putting these two together. Um and obviously bolstering out that Wembley card, we still don't know, really any have any idea of what the world title direction is going to be at Wembley. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. is probably going to be challenging for it, but who's going to be the champion? Is it going to be Tyler Bate by that point? I don't really know, but this feels like the main event already, <laughs> like even more than Mark Andrews, Eddie Dennis, which feels like a really good blood feud. Um, and these two matches that they've got building up already, are gonna sell that show for me really i don't really care what 
they put on as a progress title match because this one feels like a really, really big deal. And even if it's not even a particularly great match, it's gonna like feel really important. So they've done a great job of presenting Dragonov so far. Um, even if it's outside of WXW context, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's good fun to see. Well, it's interesting. I do like that uh, Jacoby's kind of like the Paul Heyman for uh, Dragunov, and Dragunov's yeah. like the uh, the Brock Lesnar for him. And it's, yeah, it's an interest, interesting dynamic between the two of them. Um, but the main event of this show wasn't the uh, Banks v. Sexsmith uh, match for the Progress World title. It was uh, actually Ginny, who's been out injured for a while, uh, taking on Tony Storm and, uh, and beating her for the Progress Women's title. Uh, what did you feel about this one as the main event, Benno? I, I mean... They kind of tried to play this with the, the video going in, and I've heard fans online talk about this epic build. I mean, <laughs> we've been waiting a long time for the match. That doesn't necessarily mean the build's been any good. I mean, every other match Ginny seems to have been in this last year has been a number one contender's match. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't really buy it being this big deal. Uh, it's cool that they main evented a supposedly big show, you know, with a women's uh, title match, and they didn't, you know, labor on on that point too much. They didn't over-egg it. Um, but, it but instead, it felt like they kind of weren't really wacky sports entertainment style to to compensate there were there was a lot of interference in this match there was a lot of ridiculous spots where the referee looked in looked like an idiot for not getting the the two members out of Katera mm. out of the ring there were points where i mean I, I haven't watched the vod back but being live in the building he was directly looking at interference as it was happening and couldn't really seem to do anything about it um yeah it was just overbooked uh, is probably the word i think they they just try to overcompensate from the fact that this match was a bit cool and you can blame it on the booking you can blame it on you know injuries to Ginny. this match probably should have taken place a while ago there are other factors at play but yeah i don't think they really delivered a, a main event uh, caliber match um, i'm happy to see Ginny with the belt i think it'll it'll anchor the division a little bit more tony storm just seems to have been floating in and out doing odd title defenses i think having the progress like a heel champion so having a, a heel women's champion will be something to to, to build around um but yeah, didn't really live up to me and didn't particularly feel like a, a main event as, as much as they tried to give it all the bells and whistles. Holly, were there uh, any other highlights on this show for you? Um, I, I did enjoy the Walter David Star match, certainly. Um, like, it probably wasn't to the quality of many of their other matches, and I do worry a little bit about the oversaturation of it. Mm. Like, it's mm. starting to feel a bit less cool now. Um, and I think maybe if I was WXW, I'd probably shut down any more matches for it until you ran it again. Um, so that you can just sort of control the story a little bit more. Um, because you kind of know that Star isn't going to beat Walter outside of WXW. So <laughs> I'd say, you know, cool off on it a bit for now. It's, it's still got heat in the matchup. You don't want to destroy it completely. And I also did want to say, regarding the Ginny-Tony Storm match, I thought um like the story that they told in that video was not at all the story that happened in the match like <laughs> the story in the video was Ginny was gonna avoid taking the pile driver uh the strong zero and i think she took it both on the stage and i, I can't remember if it was her or nina samuels who took it in the ring um but it was just it was just a very strange thing to see like the video was all like hyped up and epic but then it didn't really have anything to do with the match at all and it was just kind of shenanigans until she got a roll-up win um so it didn't play off well at all for me um 
they got the main event, but it felt like a bit just like default because the back sex myth match wasn't big enough. Um, so it was a nice idea in theory, and the video was it looked good, <laughs> but I, I just wasn't sure about the content. Um, I think if they did run a rematch, they can probably do it a lot better without shenanigans. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting one. Cause like you say, it's the, everyone keeps going on about this big build-up, but like you know, with their Benoit, it's not they didn't really have m- that much of a build-up to it. It's just that they, you know, she challenged her ages ago and she's been in- injured for ages, so like they didn't have this great storyline leading into it. So uh, yeah, so it certainly sounds like an interesting show and uh, one that I'll probably end up catching on VOD. But um, not to rest on their laurels, Progress were back at their usual home of the uh, Electric Ballroom and Candom for a, a themed show a week after this Manchester show. Uh, it was Chapter 70, May 27th, 1978. And I mean, they've done themed shows before, unboxing and, and the World Cup show. Um, but this one was slightly different in that the whole promotion had been transported back to the year 1978. The set of the venue, the wrestlers' attire, their social media had all been given a 70s makeover. And, I mean, seemed to be just a show for fun and hasn't dropped on the on-demand yet because it only happened yesterday as of recording this. Uh, no major happenings. But, Benno, what are your thoughts on the Progress doing a themed show like this where it takes over the entire show? I don't know. I mean, I can understand why they've done it. They've had two big shows in a row and things need to kind of reset and calm down. Uh, The the concept wasn't really for me going in. Uh, And obviously not everything has to be. Uh, I don't feel like I'm the target audience for this one. It just felt all a bit lame and forced to me as a concept. Maybe if I was a 70s aficionado, I'd maybe I wanted to to go along or if I was into, you know, going and getting dressed up. And to be honest, a lot of people I've, I've heard doing reports of this show, people whose, you know, opinions are highly valued, did enjoy it um and apparently there were some good matches there uh, i think they missed a the trick by not having travis banks play a, a young doug williams the uh, the new atlas champion that would have been something <laughs> interesting um yeah interesting they're coming off that victoria warehouse as well that, that doug williams wasn't on this show um after getting his, his big win after a, a long losing streak they love that storyline progress at the moment um but yet the reports i've heard have, have been positive um i know travis banks and tk cooper did a, a bushwhackers inspired thing the, the sheepwhackers what really called it yeah, so. it look it, it sounds like good fun i'm not so sure having a heel champion do it's a, a great idea but that's kind of what travis banks is now he, he's he's kind of wacky comedy guy um which probably speaks to why you know when ollie was just talking about what's coming up in for wembley uh, i don't i'm the same as him i kind of see maybe tyler Bate taking the belt or somebody else rather than him being defending champion because he's not particularly strong in progress right now but i don't know i, I want to reserve too much judgment until i see the show uh, and get to see it because some of the the videos they put out in vhs style uh gifts do look like do look quite funny um but yeah um, maybe we'll uh we'll we'll reserve judgments until we, we'll get to see it and moving to uh the last segment on our show WWE uk i mean we talked a lot about the latest WWE uk tournament on the last show but since then there have been a, a number of matches announced for the first round draw which will take place at a download festival and um, they've um, announced that Ashton Smith will take on Joseph Connors, Flash Morgan Webster against James Drake, Kenny Williams against Dave Mastiff, El Liguero taking on Travis Banks, Zach, Zach Gibson rather taking on Emir Jordan, Tucker against Joe Coffey, and Jordan Devlin against Tyson T-Bone. On top of that, they've um, already filmed Drew Gulak against uh, Jack Gallagher. So, um, I mean, Ollie, what's your thoughts on, on this lineup they've got uh, for the first m- m- matches of uh, WWE UK at Download? <laughs> it's a 
it's a lot to consider. Uh, obviously, uh, we have our new sort of WWUK lineup. Um, only a year and a half in the making, after all. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's there's certainly some big names in there, like Travis Banks and El Ligero and Zach Gibson and Jordan Devlin. Those are probably the guys you got to look out for for making sort of a deep run into that. I'm not really sure what they're fighting for in this championship no. tournament. Uh, is it just a title shot? Uh, Pete Dunne. Um, <laughs> they haven't really explained because uh, as as long as Triple H has been saying, uh, you know, it's all been in the plans. Um, it's really just happening because ITV have started up again. Um, <laughs> and you can even see in that lineup, like there's a lot of guys who were big in World of Sport there. Kenny Williams, Dave Mastiff, El Ligero. They were sort of being played up as World of Sport guys this time 18 months ago. So the WWE have clearly made a play for those guys to specifically target <laughs> ITV. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. At, like Kenny Williams, I think, could be on 205 Live tomorrow and would just glide in there better than Noam Dar ever has. So um, they can certainly use some of these guys going forward. But it's it's hard to get down with this show because it is kind of aimed so squarely at World of Sport. <laughs> yeah, the Brandon so... jumped out to you there, Benno. Not really, no. I, 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 I'm not. Now that we've got the the final roster, I don't know. I don't feel. I'm not hugely excited about it. Just I thought the roster was already a bit bland for the UK, and it was in need of this fresh blood. I can see why they picked veterans like like Dave Mastiff and El Ligero. It's nice to to give them this this prize, but they're not people I'm I'm hugely excited to to see. Joe Coffey, T Bone. Um, usually I'd be excited for Jordan Devlin, um, but not in this presentation because you know what's going to happen. It's mm. going to be the Finn Balor show. Um, mm. I think it'll be interesting what they do with Zach Gibson. Uh, I, it's a shame that Gulak's already crashed out. Crashed out. I was looking forward to him being Australia in Eurovision. Uh, I thought that would have been fun. Um, yeah, just all in all, just the, the branding seems really confusing as well. You know, Ollie touched on what I mean. What's this for? It's for a title shot, apparently, but it's still called the WWE UK Championship tourney almost because, I mean, it feels like it's just because no one can be bothered making a new logo. We're still <laughs> sticking with that logo from last year. So that's what we're going to carry on calling it. Um, yeah, I'm not hugely excited about it. I, 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 you know, it is a big deal for British wrestling. The first tournament was, uh, it created a lot of uh, British wrestling fans as well. Um, but yeah, I, I guess what we'll we'll see. I'm certainly not going to be heading down to the show with those those ticket prices as they are, even though one of the shows is taking place on my birthday. It just wasn't enough to to convince me really to see a lot of guys that I can see on you know regular indies for a much uh, inflated price. But hey, maybe that's a, a reason why WWE might be uh, starting to look at stopping some of those guys working certain indies. I mean, you mentioned that you weren't that excited about the lineup. Well, I mean, Benno, you were a fan of WWE, WWF in 97, 98, weren't you? I mean, Shawn Michaels is surely enough for a big of a draw to draw you in there. I mean, you mentioned the ticket prices there, and, and it obviously hasn't been selling well because you look at the poster now, and it's got Shawn Michaels and Triple H on there <laughs> in, the, in the you know forefront with uh, Pete Dunne and the rest of the guys you know in the background sort of out of focus. You know, it reminds me of that film, Almost Famous. How can you tell it's us because we're the out of focus guys? I mean, it just been, it's just, it's just, you've talked about the branding there. It just seems crazy that, you know, this is supposed to be the big WWE UK tournament and it seems to be all, all about NXT branding and uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So, um, I mean, those high ticket prices have obviously really badly affected it, haven't they, Ollie? Yeah, it is funny seeing DX Boys up front and the. Uh... 
the UK nerds in the back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, what are the ticket prices exactly? I'm I'm not entirely. I haven't looked into it. They go up from about I think fifty pounds as cheap as you're gonna get up to the hundreds for, for something decent. Um, so not quite U- UFC. Yeah, no, <laughs> but... as bad as that, maybe I shouldn't complain too much. Uh, it's a small building as well, and it's a you know it's a building steeped in history, so I believe it is an expensive yeah. building to run as well. But just generally, yeah, people just don't feel from people I speak to, especially being on a weekday as well, people just don't seem to be as excited to make the trip as they did for Blackpool and yeah, DX featuring the stars of WWE UK and this alleged King of the Ring isn't uh, enough to convince everyone. I mean, um, the tickets on Live Nation uh, have been advertising on their website that Tony Storm will be in a four-way with uh, Killer Kelly, Ginny and Isla Dawn. That'll take place on the uh, first night of the Royal Albert Hall show on June the 18th. And then on the next night, on the 19th, uh, the winner of that match will be facing off against uh, NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler. So that should be... a uh, Quite interesting there. I mean, uh, Benno is certainly an interesting lineup of, of names. Uh, Kelly Kelly is someone who has really blasted herself onto the scene in, in the last six months, hasn't she? Yeah, I mean, she's kind of a, a bit of a surprise. We'd all kind of heard the rumors of t- Tony Storm being involved, and there's been talk of Tony Storm in WWE for, for eons. I think she was even uh, showing up in video package for, packages promoting the event, um, even though she obviously still t- started to. Uh, tied to stardom uh, but yeah Kayla Kelly someone who could certainly make an impression um, I, I kind of I wonder how they're going to do it uh, again it conf- the confused branding the WWE UK championship tournament it sounds to me like a tournament show, but we're getting a lot of these standalone, you know, singles matches, and also the the, the six man from NXT as well. Um, but yeah, could say a good opportunity for her, and yeah, to 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 be seen and to to maybe get one of these uh, contracts. I think it's uh, it's kind of cool that they're they're not just using British talent as well. Travis Banks being involved um, there as well, and potentially El Ligero maybe not being British too. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> cool that they're they're doing that as well, and and giving us the you know giving a, a flavor of uh, the european wrestling scene and maybe gives away uh, with the nxt brand and that this might be something they're setting up as a bit of a, a base in this part of the world and, and using talent from uh, from germany england and and all over yeah because obviously don't get us wrong we're only just uh, having a bit of light humor about certain situations to do with this it's just obviously we're really glad that all the british guys are involved in it mm. and it, it's certainly great that uh, wwe is showcasing them but it just seems all thrown together at the last minute and wwe don't seem to know what this show is and they're just throwing things at the wall hoping they'll stick you know adding people like Shawn michaels to it you know a, a couple of months after they've announced everything else so it just it just seems really weird and just seeing the uh the poster and, and the main letters on it are nxt rather than wwe uk so it just seems really weird and really all just thrown together at, at the last minute but uh, another story coming out of the wwe uk uh, news is that uh, according to dave Meltzer, uh wwe uk contracted wrestlers are um, are only allowed to work for uh, progress icw and other wwe uh, wwe affiliated promotions uh, i mean flash morgan webster was on his podcast uh, recently saying that he's no longer appearing for red pro i mean can you can you guys um, see WWE UK guys not working the likes of Red Pro affecting a Red Pro show, Ollie? Oh well, Red Pro have sort of been preparing for this for pretty much the whole year. Um, we sort of saw them do a nice bit of business with Tyler Bate and Trent Seven versus Suzuki Gun um, for that big York Hall showdown, um, and that was kind of cycling them out. That was sort of like saying goodbye to them in a way. Um, that whole stretch where they won the titles and then lost them again. Um, 
So I think it's been on the cards for a while. You know, they used who they could while they could. But I think um, we sort of saw that with Flash Morgan Webster. He won the Cruiserweight title and then lost it immediately to Curtis Chapman because they found out that he wouldn't be able to work for them pretty soon. And <laughs> and now we're here. Um, so I think RevPro are probably batting down the hatches and they're using guys like Ozzy Open and obviously leaning on Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. Um, as UK guys signed to New Japan. Um, but uh, whether it will affect sort of other places like Attack and Fight Club Pro and OTT, yet to be seen because obviously um, those guys have a vested interest in those promotions. So we'll see what kind of wheelers and deals we can come up with. But yeah, Ref Pro have sort of been preparing for this for a while. Any thoughts on um, on these on this rumor that's come out from Dave Meltzer, Benio? Um, I don't know. It, it depends how it kind of affects. I think I, I worry about how it will affect the smaller promotions. I know of a, a local promotion to me that was having trouble booking a, a WWE guy versus an ITV guy and that causing political uh, issues. I think that's kind of the future, isn't it? And like Ollie said, RevPro are well prepared. They've got, I think, bringing in Walter. Um, he, he's facing Chris Brooks on an upcoming show is really cool. I think that's someone, if that makes me think that maybe Walter's not uh, going to be signing with WWE UK and if he's not put him in RevPro and set him up with all the New Japan guys and you can just take all of my money um, so I think you're just fine we we'll always have Yoshihashi beating Pete Dunne <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah <laughs> we always got we all we got that victory so yeah we'll take that uh, but yeah I think I think there's plenty of uh, other talent out there for promotions to use and like I say the the other political relationship on the New Japan side that RevPro and OTT seem to be taking up has, has got plenty of uh, positives too so yeah while it'll have an effect and it'll cause I, I think the wages will go up for the non-contracted talent because there'll be uh, there'll be uh, quite a lot not too too many of them around for not a lot for a lot of jobs going um that could affect things as well but it's hard to tell and WWE's we've been in this situation last year haven't we where WWE was stopping anybody appearing on any VOD and then it's like that kind of relaxed and you're seeing guys appearing on their own promotions VOD at least and then again like Ollie has said a couple of times it all depends on what ITV do how strict WWE get and uh, yeah how the how Vince McMahon is, uh, is feeling at uh, any given moment as to what effects we could see in future but it'll certainly make for a, an interesting year coming up with these uh brit rose wars of 2018 <laughs> you love your brit Wars, wars don't you Benno? <laughs> and uh, uh i mean just a just a minor news item before we go out of here um joe hendry someone who um a few years ago when he was doing uh, when he was mainly just doing icw and he had all these entrances that he'd written the music for himself just mocking other wrestlers i could see of him being a Someone WWE were interested in, but um, seems he's gone more down the path of um, sort of like he was doing the commentary for Five Star Wrestling. He's still doing a lot of wrestling for places like Defiant, but um, it was announced that he signed for Impact Wrestling. I know that's not uh, that big of a deal in 2018, but still interesting to see that Joe Hendry will, will be appearing for uh, Impact in the future, Benno. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised. I hadn't heard the news. You were the first to tell me, and I kind of thought, well, that's a bit weird. I thought, oh, is he on the ITV side? And no, it doesn't look like ITV have picked him up either, so it's certainly a bit of out of left field to to go that direction. Um, Yeah, Impact obviously don't have the the foothold that they used to have, uh, but it makes sense for them to invest in talent in this side of the world because it was once a a really strong area of business for them. So he's he's a good signing. Um, But yeah, just a bit surprised 
see him not turn up uh, in ITV and then maybe not do there after after Five Star fell apart, which he, he seemed to be heavily involved with. Um, I guess he was uh, looking for a job and the Impact have given him one. But yeah, it's a bit like like you've said there. It's a bit it's signing for Impact these days. You might as well be signing for for an indie, really. Uh, I don't think it'll have too much. If, if another place comes calling, I don't think it's going to too much uh, affect uh, where else he can work. So yeah, good for him if he's uh, he's getting the payday out of them. And uh, we're out of time for this week, uh, but be sure to head over to postwrestling.com and check out all the rest of the shows and, of course, the Post Wrestling Forum and leave us all your feedback for this week's show. Um, we'll be back on the 13th of June talking about the latest from the British wrestling scene. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bushby01. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BensonRichardE. And you can follow me at AnotherRolly. Right, I'm going to get ready for the uh, big Defiant show in uh, in Sheffield yes. tonight. We've got maybe um, maybe the progress headliner at Wembley with uh, three between <laughs> Walter, uh, Travis Banks, and uh, Zach Sabre Junior. So I'll be interested to see how that one nice. turns out. So yeah, we'll we'll catch you next time. And thanks for listening. <laughs>